It's time to turn around. It's time to come back. It's time to come back to that heart and place of worship. Welcome to Wesley Amazon Church, where we're working the vineyard through faith, worship, witness, and service. Have you ever thought about worship? Have you ever thought about God accepting the worship that you give? Well, today, Pastor John shares a message on how to get back to the heart of true worship. Let's go into the message. Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Today, our text can be found in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, and it reads as follows. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He would do everything I want him to do. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we bless you now. We give glory. We give honor to your name. Father, we just continue to thank you for, for blessing us. God, we just continue to thank you for providing life, health, and strength. We continue to thank you, O oh God, for watching over and caring for this world that we live in, God. And God, we know that we're in trying times. We know that, God, we right now, our world is in a, in a crisis. And we ask, Father, that you would come and see about your people. Come, O oh God, and be the help that we need. We pray, God, that you would be with the officials of our country. We pray, God, that you would be with the officials all over the world, O oh God, who have responsibility for dealing with the crisis that we're in. And we pray most of all, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would comfort us, O oh God, until you bring an end to this situation. Now, God, we ask that you would bless this time that we share in your word. God, we pray that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. And then, God, I pray that you would open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost, amen. Today, I want to share a message entitled, The Heart of Worship. The Heart of Worship. With everything that's been happening in our world, and lately I began to think about the changes taking place. Uh, many of us are wondering what the world is going to look like after this pandemic is over. More importantly, we want to know what our personal world will look like after this crisis is over. Our world is shifting so fast, we don't seem to have a chance to catch up. The world is trying to play catch up economically. The world is trying to play catch up medically. As I think and process the things that are happening and the things that are, the world is going through, I couldn't help but began to think about the changes that the church is going through. One of the things I began to think about is the spiritual life of the church and the body of Christ is in a place that's challenging for us right now. And as a pastor, my concern is for spiritual life, the spiritual life of the church. I'm, I'm concerned about the worship, the, the, the church of the worship of the church. I'm concerned about what's going to happen after this, what's going to happen to those people in the midst of this. And while this is a challenging time for the body of Christ, it's also a time for opportunity. It's an opportunity to really connect with God through our worship. It's an opportunity to really connect with God like we've never connected before. It's an opportunity to get back to that place that we loved so dearly long ago. It's an opportunity to get back to that place in God that some of us have allowed to go missing. And there's an old worship song that reminded me earlier this week that how comfortable we have become with knowing what is worship as we have made it. What is worship today? What is the worship standard of today? 
And the thing about it is, have we left God in the midst of establishing what we call worship? You see, the worship song has a line in it that says, when the music fades, when all is stripped away, when I simply come, longing to bring you something that is of worth, that will bless your heart. That's what we should always do as Christians. We should seek to bless the heart of God. But have we been doing that? Yes, when we were gathering corporately and collectively, were we really seeking to bring something of worth into our worship and our ministry that will bless the heart of God? See, we have this opportunity before us to, to engage in personal worship with God. And I want you to understand, having a heart of worship happens when we live by faith while learning and loving God's word, which helps us to be thankful and repentant. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. One of the first things that I want us to understand out of the text is that we must have absolute faith in God. One of the things that I understand from the life of David is that he was aware of what God was doing in his life. He was aware of how God was moving in his life situations. You see, even as a young man, David lived uh, long enough to develop a strong and confident trust in God. You see, David experienced some awesome things at the hand of God. He had some awesome encounters with God that helped shape his faith in God. You see, when we think about our lives and the things that help shape and mold us and what has began to shape your faith, what, what is your faith built upon? Is your faith on a solid rock? Is your faith on ground that will not sink? When we think about David and the life of David, we can think about one of his situations, one of his experience, and that is the experience that we find over in 1 Samuel chapter 17, where David is fighting against Goliath. And in this narrative, you have a young boy going up against a giant of a man. And as this young boy goes up against this giant of a man, he declares that all I need is the name of the Lord to defeat you. My God, my God, all I need is the name of the Lord to defeat you. David had so much faith in God that he said, all I got to do is call on your name and God, you'll show up in the midst of this battle. All I got to do is call upon your name. And we know how that turned out. David went out and he faced Goliath one on one and he defeated that giant that day. But one of these things that I understand out of the text is, it's that faith that we must have in God, not just faith, but absolute faith in God. We got to learn to have the type of faith in God that will trust him no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situations look like. I believe God will bring us through this pandemic. I believe God is going to do something great out of this pandemic. I believe the people of God have an opportunity to really connect and worship through the experiences that we're going through. You're already isolated. You're already in a place where you shouldn't be out socializing or out around, but what better place to be than to be in home, be it right there in a place and have an opportunity to go into a deep worship with God, to have an opportunity to get into the presence of the Lord, to reconnect with God on a more deeper and, and intimate level than we have in the past. Yes, we may have had worship, but was it really connecting worship? Did we have the type of worship that was moving the heart of God. And that's one of the things we got to get back to the heart of worship, where worship really matters, where, where worship is really about Jesus, where, where worship is not about us, but it's about God and the things of God. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to really grow and develop our worship even further. We got to grow to the point of David that all we got to do is call upon the name of the Lord, because we know that God will be right there, that we know that God will be there in times of trouble, that God will show up no 
matter how difficult the situation is, no matter how difficult the circumstances are, we know and we have faith that God will be there for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And not only did we see that you have to have absolute faith, but we also stand that we must love God's law. We've got to learn to love the word of God all over again. You see, out of the 150 Psalms, David is credited with writing over half of them. He loved the word of God. He, he loved his law and his statutes. David declared and decreed that he was a man that loved the Lord. He loved God with his heart. He loved God intellectually. He loved God spiritually. David was a man after God's own heart. And notice this, David didn't say that. That was God who said that about David. God declared that David was a man after his own heart. God declared that David was a man that he could trust to do the things that he'd asked him to do. Well, how did he get to that place? Well, first of all, you got to learn to love the word of God. Throughout the Psalm, David declares how much he loves God's word. And in Psalm 119 verses 47 through 48, I think it captures the love that David has for the word of God. He says, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands of your command to your commands, which I love and I meditate on your decree. We've got to learn to delight in the Lord's word. We've got to learn to delight in the word of God. The God's word is so precious. It should be so, so precious to us. We should take stock in knowing that we can have the word of God right there in our hands on a daily basis. Oh, my God. When we think about what the word of God has meant to us and, and what it's done in our lives, it's going into the word of God that you can find help for your troubling situations. It is going into the word of God that you can find comfort. It's going into the word of God that you can find hope and joy. It's going into the word of God that you can actually find out the plan of salvation. Hallelujah. When we think about the word of God, the word of God is so important to us. The word of God is so vital to our everyday lives and our everyday living as Christians. How can we truly be Christians and not love the word? How can we truly be Christians and not love God's law? His law is the very thing that keeps us. His law is the very thing that he used to initiate a covenant with us. We've got to learn to love the word of God with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our might. Learn to fall in love with the word of God. Learn to fall in love all over again with the word of God. We've got to spend some time in the word. If we're going to have the heart of worship, it means that we got to spend some time in the word. It's because when we spend time in the word and if you read the Psalms and if you, you read the Psalms that David wrote, you saw that David had a show enough love affair going on with the Lord. David had this love thing going on with God that because God had been there in his life, because God had been moving in his life and because God has brought him through some very troubling and some trying situations. And I'm so grateful that David shows us through his writings and through his word that God is someone that we've got to be in love with, but not only in love with God, but in love with his word, that God is a blessing to us and that God's word is a blessing to us. So take your time today while you're there, while you're at home by yourself, while you got time and while you've been slowed down, we live in such a fast paced world while you, God has got your attention. Now take the time to get into the word of God. Take the time to fall in love with God's word all over again. Take the time to let his word be embedded and ingrained in your heart and in your soul. Take the time to take in the word of God. And as we move on, 
the third point that I want to share with us is this. If we're going to have the heart of worship, we've got to be truly thankful. You see, David went through many seasons in his life. And as a result of going through these seasons in his life, David learned some things about God and David learned to be thankful. You see, David has his, his seasons of peace and prosperity. David had his, his seasons of despair, but no matter what the season was, he was thankful. And we got to learn to be the same way. No matter what the seasons of our life are presenting to us, no matter what the season of our life is telling us, we got to learn to be thankful in all things. I believe Paul said it this way. I've been up and I've been down. I've had much and I've had little, but I've learned to be content in it all. Paul learned to be thankful before God. David has learned to be thankful before God. Notice what David says in Psalm 26 verses six through seven. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, O Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling all your wonderful deeds. David was thankful. He was so thankful. He said, I'm going to tell every good thing you've done for me, Lord. Are you that grateful and thankful that you're going to tell every good thing that God has done for you? Are you that grateful and thankful that you're going to share with somebody how good the Lord has been? Are you grateful and are you thankful that God has been blessing and moving in your life? Are you grateful and thankful that God still has you alive today? Are you grateful and thankful that God is still on your side? Hallelujah. But notice what he also says in Psalm 37, 25. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a sea begging bread. All David was saying was, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've always got a reason to thank God because one of the things that I know, that I know that God has always made a way. I know that God has never forsaken his righteous and I know that their seed has never begged for bread. That's a way to give thanks unto God because you know that God has been there through the thick and the thin. You know that God has been there and made provisions for you. You know that God has been there and made a way. When we understand that God has been there in the most trying time of your life, then you ought to give thanks. You ought to say, thank you, Lord, for the goodness of you. Thank you, God, for the wonderful things you've done in my life. Thank you, God, for how you continue to show up on a daily basis. But he also says in Psalm 100, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him and bless his name. You ought to bless his name right now. You ought to give him some glory right now. You ought to just say thank you right now for all the goodness that God has worked into your life. All of the grace, you ought to say thank you. All of the mercy, you ought to say thank you. All of the the wonderful, wonderful thing that God has done. You ought to simply say thank you. Thank you for being so good, God. Thank you for being on my side, God. Thank you, God, that right now some of us may not have a job, but we're thankful anyway. Some of us may not know where the next meal is coming from, but we're going to be thankful anyway. Some of us don't know how this thing is going to turn out, but we're going to be thankful anyway. Why? Because the Lord is always good and the Lord is always on our side. And for that, I say thank you. I say thank you, God, for my household. I say thank Thank you, God, for how you've been keeping us. I say thank you, God, for everything that you've done right now in this time that we're living in. I say thank you, God. Even in the midst of this crisis, I say thank you, God. Last point I want to share with you is this. We must truly repent. When I look at David's life and we look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 through 5, where it's recorded his sin with Bathsheba. 
Now we know the story, we know the narrative of how David saw her bathing and how he sent for her and how he took her for his own and, and then found out that she was pregnant and he tried to cover it up by bringing her husband back and making him go and sleep with her, but that didn't work. So he sent her, him to be killed on the front line in battle just so he could cover up his sin. You see what happens when we try to cover our sins instead of being repentant. Usually when we try to cover our sins, we wind up doing more harm than good. When we try to cover our sins, we wind up hurting more people than we help. So we must come to that place and be the people that will repent for the wrong that we've done. We repent of the evil that we've done. We repent when we find ourselves in sin. And that's what David did. David realizes his sin was against God. The one thing that we got to understand, our sins are against people, yes, but most of all, our sins are against God. We have sinned against our Lord. We have sinned against our Savior. We have sinned against our Heavenly Father. And we find in chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, David confesses his sin. Where he says in verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. But it says, the Lord has put away my sin. And yes, you shall not die. Oh, hallelujah. That's what repentance does for you. Repentance gives you life. Repentance, repentance gives you new fellowship. Repentance gives you restoration. Don't you want to have a restored fellowship with God? Don't you want to have a restored life with God? Don't you want to have a clear conscience before the Lord? So that come to God and repent. Come in and share and confess before the Lord. Yes, I've wronged God. Yes, I've sinned against you, God. And God, I want to be renewed. God, I want my fellowship restored. And then God, David gives us that great picture of what it means to confess and repent before God in Psalm 51, where he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Hallelujah. We're so grateful and thankful that God has given us this thing called repentance. Don't let repentance be something that just sits on the shelf, but learn to be a repentant individual. When we learn how to repent, which means actually to turn and go in the opposite direction. Why would you go in a place of sin and, and just keep walking in sin and keep walking in sin and keep going further and further away from God and keep going further and further into disfellowship with the Lord? It's time to turn around. It's time to come back. It's time to come back to that heart and place of worship. And that only happens when we are repentant. True worship, real worship is when we come before God with a repentant heart. There is no greater worship than you can do in the bow down in the presence of God and ask God to forgive you of the sins and the wrong that you have done. If you found yourself in the midst of sin today, if you find yourself with sin on your conscience and sin on your mind, just ask the God to forgive you. Just ask God to come in and renew you. Just ask God as David did to cleanse you and to wash you and to restore you and to make you whole again, to grant you the mercies that are new and fresh every day. Ask God to come in and cleanse you all over. Ask God to come and give you that restored fellowship. I guarantee you, your worship will be better. Your worship will be more meaningful. Your worship will be more enjoyable when you have a repentant heart before the Lord. As I close, I want us to understand something. The body of Christ is in transition right now. 
many churches are transitioning to virtual worship. Some churches, that's not possible. For many, the frills and the worship music has been stripped away. For some, worship will continue. For some, they still have the worship music and the frills of worship. But for others, the music and the frills have been stripped away. This is an opportunity to ask ourselves a question. When the music stops, when all is stripped away, can we simply come and have a heart of worship? Can we simply come into the presence of God and offer him something that will bless him? Can we simply come and offer him a heart of faith? Can we simply come and offer him a heart that is filled with the love for his word? Can we simply come and offer him a heart that is filled with thanksgiving? Can we simply come and offer him a heart of repentance? If we can come and offer these things, you don't need music to offer God thanksgiving. You don't need music to repent before the Lord. You don't need music to have a heart of faith. You don't need music to love God's word. All you need is a heart that is willing, a heart that is able to do these things, a heart that is filled with faith, a heart that loves the word of God, a heart that is thankful and a heart that is willing to repent when you find yourself in sin. When we have these things, we have all of the makings. We have all of the ingredients for a heart of worship. We have all of the ingredients to bring worship back to what it's supposed to be. We have all the things we need to make worship meaningful again. We have all of the things we need to offer God something of worth and of value. We have all of the things we need that will simply bless his heart out of what we have shared in our heart. We got all the things we need just to simply fall on our knees before the Lord and say thank you. We got everything we need to simply believe that God is a good God and that he'll bring us through this trying situation. We got all that we need to go before the Lord and just say, God, I love your word. God, your word is hidden in my heart. We got all that we need to simply fall on our knees and say, Father, forgive me for the wrong that I've done. Come back to that place of worship. Come back to that heart of worship. Let your hearts be filled with worship. Let your hearts be filled with the things that will bless the heart of God. Let your heart be filled with the thing that will give God something that will bless him. That's what worship is about. Blessing God. Putting our focus on him. So turn your heart today. Turn your focus today. Turn your heart to worship. Turn your focus back to God. We've got time. We're in quarantine. We've been isolated. We've been in the stay home orders. You've got time to reconnect with God today. So I pray that you take today and go forth, stay connected with the Lord. Be a man or a woman after God's own heart. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.